Bad luck wind been blowing at my back I was born to bring trouble to wherever I'm at My Oh my god, you're fucking me up the number uh, 13 Tattooed on my neck Hey there, my groovy black cats and open umbrellas This is a Trash South Street, a very unlucky edition very of unlucky it's not only our 13th episode it's our second time doing it yes it is redo so this is a redo i have the deja vus yes. all over again as yogi Berra might say <laughs> yes he might but he's dead now well you that even worse <laughs> what's more unlucky than a skull stage or a zombie zombie oh. yogi Berra. i'm so sick of zombies <laughs> me too i'm over zombies anyway Anyway, that's Lou Sessa, and I'm Jamie, Jamie Z, and welcome to Trash South Street, where we, we eventually get around to talking about music. Yes. Black so, cats. And umbrellas. Walking and, uh, underneath ladders. And your pants splitting at a brisk. <laughs> what? I don't know. A at a brisk? Yeah, a brisk. How often do you go to a brisk? Uh, you know, every now and then. I've never been to a brisk. I like hang out and just go. <laughs> You're weird. And I bring a, I like to pretend I'm an uncle. Okay. Uh, that's true. Odd. Yeah, so what's uh, what's new since... Uh, since last night or since, since we pretend two weeks ago? <laughs> this what's new in general? Um, nothing much. I uh, booked the travel to Boston to see The Cure. Awesome. I finished Dark Souls 3. Cool. What's his name from the Beastie Boys died? Yeah, I the founding member. Like, who knew that? Yeah. Well, he had, like, uh, dementia. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I'm not yeah. saying... I'm not speaking mm-hmm. ill of the dead, mm-hmm. but... But more importantly, I've been watching The Simpsons lately. I've been watching them on demand, and as some of you may know... Were you doing the party posse? Uh, no, it wasn't, unfortunately. And as some of you might know, you know, they, they make you watch these commercials now. They've disabled all the fast-forward. Mm-hmm. So you generally have, like, two commercials. So so here's here's the thing. It's, this is what's got my goat. What's this got your goat? young family, your young, young husband and wife. It's a commercial, yeah. Okay. So it's a newly married couple at the reception. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're trying to eat dinner and they're dancing and their bitch asshole friends won't let them eat. And finally they run away to the limo, no doubt for a night of amorous adventures. Ooh. And sitting there in the limo, yes, is two quarter pounders with cheese and one set of french fries. Yep. And then you see the dad with a knowing look in his face saying like, that's right, assholes eat this for dinner and it's just bullshit uh, so you don't know how long these hamburgers have been sitting there they're ice cold you know they're gonna go are you going bad. through menopause grandma no it just pisses me off and there's only one set of fries for two people because they love each other they're only gonna they share their fries no one, no one loves each other that much yeah i don't eat french fries at mcdonald's i don't eat french fries generally myself but, yeah every but, now and again but if you're into french fries if you're the kind of couple who's who's delighted to see two fucking disgusting congealed fast food hamburgers there you're gonna want your own fries i guess yeah trust me i guess i know about relationships Jamie. <laughs> never having never been in one i know plenty about relationships and fries is a little bit about fries palm frites we call them in no france. i'm sure in france france, france dressing france, france dressing france toast <laughs> anyway so He's what if put you put his testicles all over <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> so, uh, so what have you been up to? Uh, you know, bunch of shit here and there. Dealing with cat food stuff. Ordered cat food two weeks ago. My cat's mm-hmm. very finicky and has some urinary problems. I called two weeks ago and they say, yeah, we'll get it in for you. I've called four times since then and they were like, oh, it's not in yet, not in yet. Call on Friday. Oh, we, you never ordered it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's a specialized prescription. Uh, so that was a big pain in the ass, rushing around for that. Mm-hmm. And my son getting a fever, so I had to miss uh, the Victory 5K today, which was fine. I ended mm-hmm. up running five miles anyway in the morning. Um, and I also, I forgot to say before, I saw Defeater a couple weeks ago. Yeah, how was Defeater? It was good. I, it hit a shitload of traffic uh, getting to getting the South Street. Um, I more or less got there. Right when Defeater went on, and it was just insanely packed. I was gonna, I was gonna stay. Turnstile was up next, and now like you, most people are walking out when the band ends to like smoke a cigarette, go to the bathroom, yeah. look at merch. Mm-hmm. There were more people walking in than walking out. Oh wow! And I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going home." And I just went home. Oh, that's but uh, it was an okay show. He was losing his voice. It was mm-hmm. like, like maybe had two more shows left. Um, so 
him having a raspy like different voice was kind of kind of weird but yeah i'm glad i got in solemn you know i paid for tickets so it was cool yeah it's about it that i can think of yeah yeah so did you uh ever get the cat food um, I had to order on Amazon. Yeah, did you order? Was it like a box of mice or <laughs> no? Or it was, chickens? It was the Royal Canin Royal, uh, uh, like anyone cares. Urinary SO, but it was moderate calorie. And you know how skinny my cat is now. Like he doesn't, he needs more calories. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I had to do it. Thank you, Amazon. They didn't have, they didn't want a prescription. They didn't give a shit. So yeah. we'll have to do with that. I'm gonna yeah. bust some heads tomorrow because I'm gonna go there. You hope the feds don't arrest you for. For cat, for cat food without a prescription. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to get a knock on my door. You're going to be doing hard time. I know. And Asano would be in like a little, little hamburger uniform. It would be kind of cute. It would almost be worth it. You get a cat of Instagram, yeah. I'm sure. And we found out he has early on stage uh, kidney disease. Aww. So. I mean, it's not, obviously it's going to get him in the end. But if, you know, he does well and we're going to start him mm-hmm. on a new food soon anyway, um, he should be around for a little longer. So yeah. we'll see. So it's kind of a bummer to hear. Yeah. Like episode 13. It's a bummer it's to a hear. It's a bummer. Oh, look. There's a, there's a banshee just walked in. It's a sign of a low man. And a... I think you're a psychic. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, the first band we're going to talk about tonight on this Saturday night, not late Sunday <laughs> yeah, afternoon, like early cares. evening. No one cares. I don't care. Um, psychic Teens. A band we reviewed on this very podcast uh, early on. Postwave goth punk noise band from Philly. Mm -hmm. This is their second album. And it is amazing. I don't know, you listen at all? I did listen to it. So I previously described Psychic Teens as uh, a punk band that had traded up their singer for a Peter Murphy type. Yes. Uh, This album gets a lot more new wavy, a lot more um, post-punk. And it's generally a tighter, more polished experience. It's um, a lot of what was with the last album, only ten times better. Mm-hmm. Which isn't to say the last album was bad. The last album was amazing. This one, they really went above and beyond. So what songs did you listen to? Scene. Scene. It kind of reminded me of uh, Mets a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little gothy, fuzzy, distorted. Um, I think they have a, a bit of a Nick Cave. Yeah, Peter Murphy At feel. times, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did like um, the end song end. end. It's like a wall of noise. I thought it was very yes. good. I liked it. Um, it's, I, I can tell it was very much a, a Lou band. Yeah, very much a Lou band. So here's something a little noteworthy that I noticed uh, this morning when I was listening to. So the first song on the album, and the album's Nerve, if I didn't say already, is a song called Everything. Mm-hmm. Later on, there's a song called Fear. So they basically have some version of the same chorus, um, and everything it's... Now I feel everything, and uh, in fear, it's, you took away my everything. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to both songs, they are actually diametrically opposed songs. Everything is about being in a relationship you're uncertain of. And point of fact, that's the only song in the album that has uh, female backing vocals. Okay, yeah. And fear is about uh, being destroyed after breaking up in a relationship. So I thought that was a cool little twist. That's pretty cool. I mean, I did listen to all of it. I didn't listen to it... Uh... I listened to it pretty quickly, I have to yeah. say. But. It's all good. So, yeah, every song was solid. I really liked them. Um, Tarnish was my favorite. That was the most um, sort of post-punk noisy. Mm-hmm. One, there's a song in there called A.T. Field. And I just want to say Dork oh, Alert. Okay. A.T. Field is a reference to an anime. Oh, really? And I don't think I didn't notice. <laughs> I had no idea. This, I love this album. And it's really the uh, the album I wanted from the Savages. Uh <laughs> For their second album. I could see that. Psychic Teens. Really good. Don't know if I sold it. <laughs> so. I got nothing. Whoa. Oh, I you do have. You got me again. I do have <laughs> nothing. Um, nothing. Philly mm-hmm. Band. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's their second second or third release. Um, came out this month with Tired of Tomorrow off of Relapse Records. As I said, Philly Band. Do you know anything about Nothing. You know nothing about nothing? I don't know nothing about nothing. Um, I do from last night, but I'm going <laughs> to pretend I don't. So they were formed in 2011. Their frontman, Dominic Palmero, was in the hardcore band Horror Show, which was a, a pretty decent, pretty big horror, or horror show, uh, hardcore band in Philly. A lot of people liked them, uh, as did I. The Palmero, 
Palomero. Hopefully I'm not killing his name. Anyway, stabbed, an, uh, got into a fight and ended up stabbing another man. And I guess, I think he killed him. Oh my. I know, crazy, huh? So yeah. he spent two years in prison out of a seven-year sentence. And then after he got out, he started nothing. The mm. bad, not just nothing. Yeah. I read a couple interviews. He's a pretty interesting guy. Mm. Again in 2004, not again, but in 2014, he had a show in Oakland, and he was mugged and brutally attacked, and he had fractures, skull, spine, like, was messed up in the hospital. Mm. Wow. Just really fucked up. Anyway, that's the backstory of that's nothing. A, They've been through a, a lot of shit. Delightful. Well, at least the, the lead singer. You might say an unlucky backstory. Ooh. But anyway, they're a post-hardcore, shoe-gazing, alt-90s feel type band. I, I really I really like them. They were a band that was kind of pushed on Facebook and just pushed around, and I was like, okay, I'll check them out. And I think they're really good. Lyrically, they're singing about anxiety, depression, addiction, just mental problems because mm-hmm. his head's a little screwed up yeah. from getting bashed in. It's like nicely coordinated riffs with wandering guitars at times, and it gets a little more louder in the right spots, and then just desperate sad lyrics and it just has this alt 90s feel to it that's the best way i can kind of uh describe them yeah it's um, very uh grunge like it reminded me a lot of early radiohead and some nirvana in there yeah it's it's very good um my favorite song was acd i forget the whole name of it has that classic alt 90s sound has that wandering guitar strings it actually kind of reminded me of a, a garbage album. There's like this this one yeah. riff in the guitars, and I forgot to look them up, but I put in my notes mm-hmm. garbage. It, it's really cool song. You would, if you heard it, you'd be like, "Is this from 1994?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my other favorite songs is "Eaten by Worms." And yeah, I really like "Eaten by Worms." Yeah, it's maybe my favorite. Mm-hmm. It starts off with uh, like a heart shaped box Nirvana song, like bassline or mm-hmm. the beginning of that song. And then as it goes along, it totally reminds me of Creep Radiohead song. I, it's very good. After Eaten by Worms, there's three more songs, and they're kind of blah to me. That's my yeah. only kind of like downside to the, the record. Maybe because everything else was so good, I've kind of discounted it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying they're bad songs. It's just kind of forgettable. Like they set a really high bar. And yeah, then... and then I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I, I just should start from mm-hmm. the beginning. I also like 1900. It has a very kind of dream pop feel to it, a little beach house in there. And uh, apparently, when I read an interview, Karma Police by Radiohead was a big uh, influence in that song. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's very sad lyrics. I'm living in a dream world, real life's a nightmare, and I don't want to wake. As I said, overall, love the album. It might take a few listenings. Like, there was a couple songs that stood out, and then the more and more I listened to it, like like almost anything you listen to, it very much grows on you. For being that hyped, I was pleasantly surprised how good mm. it was. It's a beautiful yet sad album. <laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to think what else. You could just have it on, just screwing around, or just driving around, yeah. or yeah, yeah, it's good. That's all I could really say. Like I said, uh, Nothing's pretty good. I dig them. I want to check out their other stuff. Yeah, I really like them. Uh, does it make you kind of sad that uh, we're at that point in our lives where you could have '90s throwback bands? I know. Oh, you know what else? Because we said about last time, mm-hmm. there were, at times there was almost, the drums remind me of Coldplay a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there's. It was kind of a snuck different. in. There was one song, I forget exactly what it was, and there was one song, I think it's Cursed by the Sun, that had a very much a Smashing Pumpkins going back yeah. to that 80s. So they borrow 80s, a lot 90s, of like, 90s influences, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Kind of crazy. We're getting old. All right, yeah. Well, you're getting old. Yeah. Getting 25. <laughs> That's a lie. No. That'd be a lie. You're a liar. 52, maybe. No. no. Not even close. I'm not good at math. <laughs> what are you, uh, no, I'm not going to no, shut A bird in the bee. Bird in the bee. Bird in the bee. There's nothing worse, Jamie, than a, than a, aside from a bird trying to have sexual congress with a bee, or vice versa. Did you ever watch that shit? Yeah, it's gross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. But um, I was going to say, there's nothing worse than being excited for an album for a band you like. Be and just being excited. We're not going to do all the bee stuff last time, like last time. Um, Nothing worse. And be disappointed by an album you're excited to listen nah, to. I hear you. So, Bird and the Bee. If you're not familiar with the Bird and the Bee, they're an indie pop band uh, duo. The Bird, George Whatever, I believe, played on uh, Sia's fourth album and actually produced it. Yeah, I could definitely. And they're like friends with uh, Sia, I think. They like hang. They yeah, like they best do. buds. Like I think they hang. actually do hang. Yeah. You don't hang. So incidentally, Sia was on the Survivor finale. Really? Where she gave, I'm going to get this wrong because I don't watch Survivor at all. 
I guess ten thousand dollars to either like the champ or the one runner up, and then another ten thousand dollars, so he or she could donate that to the pet charity of their choice. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. She's and I know big in the dogs. Yeah. I did. I tell you, I went to look for tickets. For oh, her. I forgot that. Yeah. It was like if I'm gonna sit, I want to sit on the floor. Yeah. It was like a hundred, a couple hundred bucks. Well, I think crazy. it was like a hundred and fifty. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly, but better, I was like, I saw her at the truck like you better sit in her four years ago. Yeah. yeah, for thirty five dollars, and it yeah. was much more enjoyable. Like, mm-hmm. is she gonna have a wig? Am I not gonna be able to see her mm-hmm. face? So, well, as I digress, bird in the bee, bird in the bee, <laughs> bird in the bee, bird in the bee, bird in the bee. So, bird in the bee, indie pop bird band. Bird. Uh, they have a very distinct sound. The singer is fairly unitone. She doesn't have a lot of vocal range, but it works in the context of the song. And most of the music is accompanied by, at least in part, like old-timey Casio keyboard. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Going back to like the the late 80s, early 90s, there was like a three-year period where we all got these cheap Casio keyboards. (laughs) You know, they would all have like, ooh, you could press this button and it'll play... Tango, uh, samba. Well, I was thinking, yeah, like Bossa Nova. But I was thinking like, ooh, I want to listen to Green Sleeves or... Did you have a a keytar? No, I didn't have a keytar. My brother had a keytar. Oh, oh it's so cool. cool. I wish I wish he still had also it. Also didn't have a key like one of those keyboard ties. Ooh. My cousin actually had a uh, keyboard that would play just the way you are. Oh, sweet. Um he had a fancy one. Fancy. But again, I digress. So it's a very weird simplistic um sound, but it really works. It's very distinct. Mm-hmm. Their first big hit was Polite Dance Song. Then they had a couple of albums. They actually did an album of Hollow Notes covers. Oh, cool. And then this one, Recreational Love. You ever chew gum, Jamie? Um, I have. You ever chew, especially cheap gum that has good flavor for the first minute like, and then immediately like the 25 cent re- uh, big red. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. And you know, it's just leaching all sorts of carcinogenic. And you're like sucking like the cinnamon as much as you can. You're like, yeah, and you're just trying to get any flavor out. Well, that's what this album's sort of like. Yeah. It's, um,. Recreational Love. The first song, Young and Dumb, is pretty good. That's the song I heard, and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I kept trying to listen, because I was like, this song is good. The rest of the album, there's got to be something there. Well, there's nothing there. Yeah. Not really. So totally And it's So it's very, um, like I said, sparse, kind of Motown-y. There's a little disco in there. And the problem is it just runs out of flavor. Some of the songs are okay. I couldn't even... Well, there's nothing horrendously bad, but that's the thing is they're all... They're very forgettable songs. It's, they're all like... I was trying to find something that had that first song's like... Because the first songs, you're like, wow, this is really good. And you're having yeah. high hopes. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then you're like... Okay, and I listened on YouTube, and I was like, okay, and I just yeah. kept on like clicking more songs it, on the album. Yeah, and it's a shame because so I went back today and I listened to uh, like a few of their older albums, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on, and there's not a lot going on the, these songs, and there's a lot going, so it's just a miss. Like their other stuff is more engaging. It happens. It does happen. Is, what is something going on personally in their life? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, well, do you know? Do you like talk to? Them? No, I do. Do you talk to Sia and Sia's like, yo, burn She's like, who do you want to get a tattoo of a, a dandelion? A dandelion. Well, no. Doesn't she like to get dog tattoos yes, or something? Yes, but like she's that? not um, Irish. She's Australian. It's they're like the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. They're all they just are. a bunch of fucking criminals that the <laughs> oh. the queen mum sent over. You know, not the people who live in Great Britain like <laughs> Jenks. <laughs> but he knows what he's talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jenks? That he knows, he knows. Are all those... those just like us colonists, just a bunch of ungrateful babies. Yes. Mm. They call the wambulance. <laughs> so, I think that's that's about ten times more than I thought I'd say about Bird and the Bee. Speaking of um, Europe. The band the Europe, the supergroup Europe. Yes. Um, I also listened to Digitalism Mirage. That was out May this month. I don't know if you're familiar with digitalism. I it's not May this month. May this, this month, month. is May. <laughs> yes, May this year. Mother May I. I used to rock them at the comic store every now and then for a while. Yeah, they sound like I recognize the name, but I couldn't. They do a Cure cover, actually. They, oh, really? Yeah. You know what song? I forget. I remember oh. Justin and I went and saw them when they did mm-hmm. um, the I Love You Dude tour or whatever. Yeah. In 2011. It was either, like, we saw them in 11 or 12, and uh, I they did the cure cover just like that sucked yeah of course <laughs> so digitalism yes they are an electro dance duo from Germany they're influenced by Daft Punk film and video game soundtracks and the strokes according to the people and not very surprising list. oh yeah, yeah totally 
as I said, this this is their second or their third full-length album, and their first album since two, uh, 2011. It starts with the first song starts with Arena, which is pretty much like an electro house song that has a daft punk feel about it. And I'm like, okay, cool, Brad, getting back mm-hmm. to where we're at, yeah, digitalism. And then I heard Battle Cry, second song, favorite song on the album. Yeah, I, has a, I loved Battle Cry. Yeah, really cool song. It has that classic digitalism sound about it. Great beats, danceable. Has a bit of a, um, I believe it's Aussie. You're getting the Aussies, uh, the Aussie band presets feel to it. Also, Go Time, another fun electro song. I could see, like, it's one of those songs you'd be cranking, driving, or working out, and just grooving to the beats, yeah. man. Beats. Um, my grandma. I also like the Destination Breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a longer song. I think it's like seven minutes. And it has, it totally reminds me of the Strokes or Julian Casablanca. If you ever listen to his uh, solo stuff, has a kind of this electro going on. He mm-hmm. actually sang on um, Julian Casablanca's From the Strokes last Daft Punk album. Oh, know. really? Yeah, he had a song. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It starts going into a down tempo, and it was also one of the singles on the song Utopia. Mm. And it's just a down tempo instrumental, and it's good. And then it, that's when it gets into the second part of the album, which is a lot more down-tempo. Mirage Part 1 kind of reminds me of an M83 sound to it. Some of the songs work together well. It just didn't feel like it, like the, toward the, the last part of the album just didn't feel like it fit as well as the first. The one song that I, was, that I really liked from the second part of the album was the Ism, which is something different that they would do it has this hip like this hip hop if I could talk and not sound mm-hmm. but like the whitest girl ever mm-hmm. has this cool like hip hop sound to it I just never heard him do something like that so yeah. that was like a, a, a breath of fresh air one song I disliked didn't really like it all was No Cash I just yeah. just, just didn't, I just didn't like it to you. Unless, in the last three songs as like the Nothing album just kind of were blah mm-hmm. as I said I really like the first part of the album it's different. It's not different, but it's more of the upbeat, dancey, you know, electro rock. The second part was was good. That's the down tempo. It just, as I said, didn't flow together the best. And altogether, I think it's a good release, but it's not as fun as the first yeah. two albums. But if you're a Digitalism fan, check it out. Yeah. I like it. Like I said, I really like Battle Cry. There was stuff I thought was okay. Something I listened to in the background, but I wouldn't buy it myself. Cool. That's what, uh, that's what I kind of said. I know, I'm just reiterating what I, I would just do. Just so, my opinion. So, I just remember this. So, my friend Danny mm-hmm. is in business in Australia mm-hmm. for the last three months. Apparently, she's been out drinking every night this week. Yes. That's what those people do. Well, yeah. Drinking their, their toilet gin and what have you. Drinking their Fosters. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Fosters, I think, is like crapo beer down there. It's big in England for well, yeah. when I was there. That and like Bud. It's like, yeah. Bud is actually big, I think, in a lot of, like... Yeah. Because like, they like it. You and see Pabst. they're changing the cans. America beer. Yeah. I guess yeah. for the Olympics, but... Yeah, the Olympics called Zika beer. Blah. Yeah, I know. <sighs> that is going to be an abortion. Oh, it's going to be awful. It's... I'm going to watch it. You know, with them impeaching their president and... Oh, it's going to... I heard it's supposed to be worse than Sochi. It's, it's a lot... Well, they haven't sold, like, all the tickets yet. I think they... It doesn't matter. We'll talk... This so is, I cut you off about your... Your buddy. In no, that was it. Just that she's oh. been drinking every night this week because that's all they do every day. Just go out and drink. Yeah, that's what happens in Brisbane. That's what babies do. Uh, what is it with the babies? I was trying to get the baby metal. Well, to the ham-handed segue. <laughs> uh, finally, we do we talk about baby metal, which is a J-pop metal idol band from Japan, of course, which is relatively close to Australia. Okay. Uh, sort of, I think. Well, where do you think? They're both in the southern hemisphere, and they hunt dolphins and shit. They're both, they're both in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, that's good enough. It's like <laughs> you're like no Indian Ocean. It's well, like uh, the Indian Ocean does touch. I'm not. I to be honest, like could be uh, onto something. <laughs> I work with it. So another tangent. One of the, the people I have regular contact with in my job, which I shan't say, is from Alberta. Columbia? Alberta, Canada. That's what I meant. <laughs> I Columbia. That was a ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, you know, Alberta's having these, like, wildfires. Yeah, that shit's crazy. We asked him about it because he was like, he paid us a visit. Mm-hmm. He's like, that shit's like eight hours away. Yeah. So, which it must be like, 
Like how we, I think Australia and Japan are neighbors or... Well, they're not neighbors. I can tell you that much. They are neighbors. We'll look this up after and I will be proven right. <laughs> nah, I think it's still going to be a pretty long the plane island ride. nations. Yeah. That's closer than us. So Japan. Anyway, Japan. Uh, baby metal. <laughs> J-pop metal idol band uh, out of Japan, obviously. They sound a lot like, I think, Dragon Force. Yes. With less journey and more... Capcom 1987 fighting game. Like, you should be taking Chun-Li and attacking Guile. Guile Guile was my guy. Yeah, it's crazy. These three basically gothed-out Barbie dolls singing their high-pitched voices to a a heavy metal, riff-heavy backing band. It's like watching a video game. That's exactly what it's like. It's like watching a video game. With metal in the background. Poppy metal. Yeah, it's exactly. It's poppy metal, I believe... The lyrics are very pop-oriented, if you understand Japanese, so it'll be a lot about, you know, this person's a bully and how you should feel good about yourself. But it's in Japanese, so we don't have to learn any lessons. We can just enjoy the ride. Yeah. This is their second album, uh, Metal Resistance. Mm-hmm. It changes up the formula from the first, which actually kind of hurts it a little bit, I think. Just because you're missing out on, again, the, the crazy video game style music yeah. and just the... Oh, you know what I was going to say? What? It reminded me of... Um... Ah, that movie. Um, Last Tango in Paris? No. They had that remake of Sweet Dreams Are Made. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I don't even know. I gotta think. I'll keep talking. It was like Sugar Baby or Sugar, and it's... Are you thinking Sucker Punch? Yes! Sucker Punch. It would definitely be like that that kind of weird inspiration, like how they dress. I totally had a mind fart. I could not remember. Like, it's that weird, like, you know those Living Dead Dolls? Yeah. That's what it's like. That's to remind me of, like, Sucker Punch is just pretty much like watching a video game. With a lobotomy? Well, I, I like Sucker Punch. I gotta rewatch it. A lot of people hate that movie, but as a, I'm totally digressing on your baby metal. But baby metal, so yeah, it's like uh, three living dead dolls in a in a weird video game. Wow, we really went far. I kind of <laughs> lost my fucking chain of thought. I did movie. see the karate video. That's the only song I listened mm-hmm. to. And uh, it was it was what I expected. Out I of mean, all the videos are pretty much the same. It's... Them singing and as I said, that's what Sucker Punch just like, totally like came in, into. And my that's head. part of that because so there's this Idura culture over in Japan where they basically put together products for performance, and it's more theater based mm-hmm. than like over here. It would be like someone we're gonna build a boy band or yeah. and it's like a different thing over there. So it's a whole part. It's part of a showpiece, and I believe they're like the. It's like they come from the. It's like the Japanese menudo, to be honest with you, because yeah. the band they're part of originally, they just change out the girls when they get to be like sixty. You know what's sad? What? Most people don't won't know who menudo is. Well, uh, it doesn't menudo's. It doesn't I know matter. what you mean. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> tell you a menudo song. There was one big one, and I don't remember. Ricky Martin was in it. It doesn't matter. Menudo, look it up on the YouTube if you really want <laughs> on the to. On those. Look it up on the. So internet. anyway, let's see if I can actually bang out a review here as we've drifted further and Sorry, further. Sorry, I will. Zip it. All right. Okay. We're battening down the hatches to get through Baby Metal. Special thanks to Chris Bradley for showing me that they had a second album. Even though I already knew that. But thanks anyway. You'll get a sticker if you don't already have one. He doesn't. We never give any out. Uh, that's true. I gave one to Tom finally. You finally did? Good. Wow. All right. Sorry, so, Baby Metal. It's your review. I'm about to say fuck it. I just lost a... I've, all right. So, Baby Metal... Like I said, they change up the formula. They explore a lot more metal genres in this one. They have like a prog song. Uh, they have a Rush song. They have a Nine Inch Nails type song. They have God Help Us, a new metal rap rock song that's bearable because it's a Japanese. You don't have to hear their dumb lyrics. Can you tell when they're rapping? It's not right. It's like that weird, like, they're speaking. You can definitely tell. They're you not. Can tell the difference. They're not singing like harmonies in very rapid succession. Mm-hmm. And they have a few songs on the first album. They have some dubstep on there. They even have a uh, a Wild Stallion power ballad in English. Oh, wow. The one. Cool. Good for them for exploring their boundaries. I like this one. I didn't like it. It wasn't quite as fun as the first because they were going to be a little more serious. And that's probably the longest review that went nowhere on this podcast ever. Didn't they, didn't they sell at Wembley? Yes, thank you, Frank. They were the, the highest selling foreign group to sell out Wembley. We have to ask Jenks. <laughs> Although he's Liverpool. But. Or And more importantly, they had they set the record for one day sale of merchandise ever in Wembley. Crazy. And they're crazy. 
Bebe Metal. Bebe Metal. Oh, this is going to be an abortion <laughs> when I listen to this one. Remember that book you read the other week and you reviewed? What was it called? Under the Big Black Sun. Under the Big Black Sun. So I gave it, um, I read most of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just doing freestyle here. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I had like 50 pages left. So what I read, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the John Doe stuff was interesting. The Xene stuff was okay. Mm-hmm. The Go-Go stuff was okay. Henry Rollins, I, I, I well, the whole free purchase he wrote, yeah. I thought was fine. Other other than that, I thought it was, we started this thing and then these people came and it changed it all. It was just, it was just, it was okay. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't know how familiar you were with the L.A. punk scene. Like, I've read a bunch of stuff I'm before. I'm very familiar with a whole book on it. <laughs> well, before that, I read stuff. Like, how many times did I hear about Bobby Pitt? Like, come on, we know. Yeah. just stop. It was okay. If you're not familiar with the L.A. punk scene, you might like it. The whole, um, like, Latino, Mexican, Hispanic was... Like the was Zeros. Kind of, yeah, yeah, like, that was interesting. But at the same time, it was like, well, we were here first, and then these people came in. It was just a lot of whining, and I should have got props when I don't get props. Like well, I told you, it was, like, it was pretentious in the only, the way only uh, old punk guys could write. Like, even the go-go stuff was was okay, mm-hmm. but it was the same... At the same time, it was like, well, we don't get credit. It's like, well, you guys have, like, made a lot of money, Well, the too. guy had a bit butthurt at times. Yeah, like, and so. it's like, calm down. Like, we know where you came from, and so just stop. And every time... It, it made me laugh because I was like, you know, Belinda Carlisle used to wear trash bags. That's all you hear about her. Yeah. That's all they write about her. When I first met her, she's wearing a trash bag. And you're like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was the same stories rehashed and rehashed, which is fine. Like, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I understand what John Doe was doing, but I also felt like they were complaining about how bad the scene went when they left. But yeah. they were people that weren't living there beforehand other than a handful. So mm-hmm. they, like, pretty much emigrated there or whatever, yeah. immigrated there. So that's my... I, I just didn't even bother finishing it. It was just kind of rehashing everything, name-dropping, but I know what... That's all I could say. <laughs> all right. All right. I don't mean to hate opinion. on it so much. If you don't know anything about the L.A. punk scene, mm-hmm. you might, this might be very insightful. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. how they kind of trash the hardcore scene, but at the same time put up their flyers and like talk about Keith Morris mm-hmm. and like Agent Orange and just Black Flag and then kind of just say they ruined it at the same time. I mean, I give him props for, you know, despite saying that the hardcore scene ruined it completely, including a couple of hardcore guys in there to actually give some sort of, like I, I told you in Rollins chapter when he basically says, you know, it's kind of the LA punk's fault for getting beaten up by the police because they, yeah they like, they tried to look very pretty, yeah. basically. I understand what's, what's a lot of, well, I'm glad it was very pro-women because in, especially in all those early punk scenes, there, there were women. Mm-hmm. But when it came to L.A. hardcore, that there was only a handful of women. Um, like the one chick that won the Oscar was actually Black Flag, almost yeah. positive. And she's like, you know, the bassist doing Slip It In, which is like just such a, this anti, it's just like, yeah. it's just like an, not anti-woman, but. Well, that's one of the things they talk about, as they said, when that sort of second wave of punk hit L.A. It was all, it was very male. driving away the women, yeah. And, and I get that, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's just how I felt about it. Yeah. it was, you know. You missed the surprise ending. Did I? Yeah. I did want to read Jack Grissom's, but it, no, I really don't care that much. Oh, it's <laughs> good. I do like him. It's good. Yeah. It's secret. I can't tell you. Oh, uh, okay. CIA is involved. I'm sure. going to say. It's on crack to uh, destabilize the African-American community. No, that's Black Panthers, man. I did a lot of research on the Black Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> All right. Tim Foyle hat. <laughs> Whatever. What? So what is this now? Tell me what this is. Well, the is. Black Panther. I'm not going to go into it. What? It's like Stokely Carmichael and stuff. Did you ever watch the Bla- the Black Panther movie? I'm scared. I, there was one movie. I forget. Even, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's a documentary whatsoever. But one of the uh, conspiracy theories is crack was introduced to like break up these uh, different fringe. I don't want to say fringe groups, mm-hmm. but like definitely the Black Panthers. They introduced crack to kind of. Yeah, the CIA. Yeah. I suppose that's like I know that part. I realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. I don't think it's that true. I did a couple papers on the Black Panthers. Yes. Yeah. Panther Party. Sorry to break up your Panther Party. Sorry to break up your Panther Party. All right. So let's move on to the topic, shall we? Yeah, I guess. So just as a point of view, folks, uh, the first time we recorded this podcast, we were done 10 minutes ago (laughs) with everything. Yeah. I got a a text. Yeah, they don't care. No, they don't. Um, 
zines, magazines, music mags, publications. Yeah, so what were your, some of your favorite uh, magazines, past, present? Should we go over some listeners? Let's go over the, the listeners like, first. Seven, That'll, yeah. We'll burn through it pretty quick. It's always then. seven. I always say seven. Yeah. The miraculous Mark Zimmerman said a flip side because he always liked the free flexies in there. Mm-hmm. Flexi vinyl. Yeah. Um, Monica Kraft said Teen Beat. Jameson said Alternative Press in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Kim Grosser said Teen Beat as well and Alternative Press. Chris Bradley said Punk Planet and Carrie Cave. Yeah. Tiger Beat, my yes, cousin. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's all I have. Yeah, I think that's about it. I have a thrash metal from Mike Walsh. And uh, the dogger, Alan, said Ego Trip, Flipside, MRR, and Grand Real. Do you know what MRR is? It's a d- the shot you get that makes you autistic. <laughs> mumps. Uh, what is that? Measles, rubella? mumps. It, well, it's MMR is yeah, measles, measles, mumps, rubella. Yeah. Maximum rock and roll. Oh. Yeah. I wonder what they do over in England. Yeah. <laughs> do we actually know what? Well, we could ask our friend Jenks. All right. <laughs> what do you think, Jenks? Greetings. Another across the pond with me, Jenks. Um, coming to you from Sunny Havert. Uh, no, uh, Liverpool, actually. Um, so. I didn't really read much about music when I was a kid. Um, it's definitely more into footy, but Saturday mornings for the matches when we go shopping for records, we're going to Liverpool, and you know, obviously coming from Liverpool, the shadow of the Beatles kind of loomed over everything. But at the time I was growing up, you know, we had um, you know it was the northwest of England was a buzzing place for music. So you know we had the Smiths, the Stone Roses, and Joy Division, and you know bands like that coming out of Manchester. Uh, but I was never really into that. So a lot of the magazines that that, that, that were out, like, you know, New Musical Express, um, uh, Melody Maker and stuff, were all kind of geared towards that indie market. And then, you know, a little bit later on, they were all geared towards, you know, the Happy Mondays and stuff like that. Um, so I really wasn't into any of that. And we had a little underground stuff uh, market going on at school where we'd all swap tapes um, and for years, I thought that Orion and Damage Incorporated were, uh, you know, part of a Halloween album because someone stuck it on the backside and then recorded Halloween after it. Um, because there was no track listens, and there was just tapes going around. I thought it was a bit weird; they didn't sound like each other. But anyway, so liking the rock music and metal like I did, um, there was very little that you could do to kind of, you know, find out about uh, the music, but. Um, there was rock, rock wasn't played on the radio. We only had one rock show, to be honest, which was on um, a Friday night between ten and midnight on Radio One. Um, Tommy Vence's rock show. Um, that's where you got to hear some new stuff, you know. And that's how I found out about bands like Accept and some of the more, you know, uh, some of the German bands from the early eighties and Scorpions and stuff like that. Um, and, and you know, that was my kind of entry into finding out about Metallica. So. You couldn't hear that on the radio, so what you'd do, there was really only two magazines you could turn to. Um, Metal Hammer was a monthly magazine. Um, you know, it was more glossy, uh, you know, like 200 pages and stuff. Um, and then Kerrang! was the weekly magazine. And I guess it kind of falls into, like, I, do you like Fender or Gibson kind of thing, you know, uh, of which you preferred. Um, I was definitely more, when I was young, I was more Metal Hammer. But as I kind of got older, I, I found the Kerrang had a lot more to, you know, uh, to kind of sell it. So between that and then going to stores like Probe and Backtracks, uh, which were in Liverpool before we went to the match on a Saturday, um, that was how we got to find out about new music. So, you know, finding out, going and being able to listen to DRI and Agnostic Front and uh, Crumb Suckers um, before you bought them was a big thing because obviously you didn't hear them on the radio. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really don't read an awful lot about music myself. Um, nowadays it's all on the internet, so you can just go go on and you know try a band and listen to it. But it wasn't always like that, and you know, and and in the early eighties, this was really the only way you could go and find out about new music. Um, and if it wasn't popular, then it was kind of tough titties. You know, you just had to make do with what you could find. So there you go. That's just a little bit of. Uh, what music magazines were in England for me when I was growing up. And I'll see you later. Do you know in England they call a magazine a lorry? 
I heard it's called a loo. No, that's that's something else. That's a toilet. That makes me sad. (laughs) So what were some of your favorites? Well, in college, and I racked my brain for this, there was a zine that was mainly a movie zine. It was an underground movie zine, but it had a lot of music, local music in it. I believe it was called Bring Me the Head of Henry Spencer. Henry Spencer being the main character. That was what, Millersville? Millersville, yeah. It was the main character of Eraserhead. And it oh, was cool. sort of like the like you know it's a really badly photocopied image, probably off a of VHS tape. Was the cover? That's awesome. Um, I miss that stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Someone would you know would spend a lot of time and a lot of effort to yeah, do something yeah. that now you could do in twenty seconds on a blog. Oh yep, you'd walk in Tower Records or some indie record store, yeah. and there'd just be a bunch of zines and of mm-hmm. all types of music. I mean, a lot of it was punk or indie. Um, and a lot of like underground film stuff. When I originally texted you the idea about it, I was listening to a podcast. It's called um, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's the one. It's the guy from Fucked Up. His name's Damien Damien mm-hmm. Abraham, Abraham yeah. or Abers something like that. But he's got a really cool podcast. I will remember it. Or turned out a punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, very good. But anyway, he was um, interviewing one of the guys from Mets. All right. And they were talking about the Toronto. They were from Toronto, and they were talking about the whole Toronto punk scene. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about going to a record store and how it was just zines all on the wall. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. I'm like, I know I was in that store because I used to go to Toronto mm-hmm. a hell of yeah. a lot. And I was like, man, I wish I could rem- I couldn't remember the name of the store. And I was like, and then just, that's when I texted him. Like, let's do yeah. music magazines because, yeah. you know, a few of us still appreciate that stuff. But. Yeah. I think I used to read Spin Over Rolling Stone. I, I cannot for the life of me remember why. I don't know if it was cheaper or it was free at Tower Records or what, but I used to get Spin. Spin, I mean, um, I, I never really got into Spin. I just think it was just a different, as an alternative to Rolling Stone, and there wasn't many back then. It was, yeah, there was, was all, and it was a smaller format. Yeah. It was probably easier to read when you were taking a shit, yep. to be honest with you. <laughs> Rolling Stone was okay till they started to get really politicized to the point where it just got annoying. I liked Rolling, like back when we were, when we were kids in like the... 80s and 90s i mean i wasn't reading the articles like i would you mm-hmm. know criticize them or read them now yeah because i think rolling stone's a shit rag now but mm-hmm. um i mean they had they were like epic photography that was the big thing yeah the really cool pictures and the, and... i thought they had uh like you just learned i think they more had their finger on the pulse back then mm-hmm. i remember their red hot chili peppers cover um when Kurt Cobain died uh yeah as you said their x-files cover was like you know a, a yeah. big one mm-hmm. um and now it's just a, it's a, a crap load. Reporting on, on rape scandals. That didn't that happen. Being, yeah, it didn't happen. And how Bruce Springsteen's still relevant to the music He's, community. It's horrible. And they're probably pushing the Rage Against the Machine reunion, yeah. which, like, who cares? <laughs> Tommy Morello, probably. Yeah, he's. I'm not a big fan either. I'm just saying he cares because. Oh, I'm sure he. Oh, April said Rolling Stone until they put the Beebs on the cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when they changed the format. Yeah, when they changed the format from the big floppy tabloid to the... Yeah. Uh, well, I told you, like, I got to a point, because I was getting it, because I needed something to read on the shitter every now and then. Mm-hmm. They all of a sudden did a sports section, and it was yeah. pr- more or less just shitting on Tim Tebow, and I am not a Tim Tebow fan. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't hate the guy. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. he, whatever. The guy's fine. He doesn't bother me. But to just put out a whole sports section just to shit on somebody? Yeah. Like, that's just yeah, stupid. Yeah, shitty. Yeah. No pun intended. And then it's like, oh, look, Bruce Springsteen is hanging out with yeah. Bono, and they're blowing and each other and shitting on each other's face. I let... I don't know if they would do that. I, uh, I don't know. They'd probably that. be really expensive turds. Yeah. The boss turds. BTs. <laughs> oh, God. BTBMs. <sighs> boss turd bowl movements. I digress, yes. Yeah, I digress. So, um, Rolling Stone, which I, some, I, I get like, I get now. I mean, not I get now, like, oh, I understand. Like, it just started showing up at my house about... Three months ago, so well Matthew, I thought used to get it. He used too. to get it a long time ago. But yeah, they keep sending it to you. You can. I got it two years after I stopped yeah. subscribing. So I've never subscribed to it. Weird. And I'll occasionally look at it. There's actually the Merle Haggard one. I kind of want to look at, but yeah, it has a a a a, a an advertisement up front as a mock up cover for the most interesting man, the the vodka guy, or the Cuervo guy. Yeah. And it's done as the actual cover. So Tozakis? Like you know who I'm talking about? The most interesting man in the yeah. world? Yeah, Tozakis. So yeah, it's... it's Beer. An ad that's in front of the front cover. 
And it's like, dude, Rolling Stone, have some fucking integrity. And there's always like an Apple ad in there. Yeah, or... whatever. Like, I remember, and this is something I just remember now. So, reading the Stephen King book, Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Firestarter, not to be confused. <laughs> and at the end of the book, uh, no, this is going to be relevant in a second. This is going to be relevant in a second. Okay. So little, uh, whatever her name is, little Gertie for me to, who was the fire starter in the movie, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore has like uh, an article that her father wrote and gave her, and, he, and she they need to find a major publication that isn't controlled by the government, mm-hmm. and is sort of independent, but has a wide distribution. So at the end of the movie, she shows up at the offices of Rolling Stone, because yeah. there was a time when they had some sort of integrity. Well, yeah, when they first started, I'm mm-hmm. sure, but... All right, but a few others I want to go yeah, through briefly. Sorry. All right, Bizarre. Yes. Which is sort of like, you know, just a, a pop culture magazine. And we talked about Roxy British. Fish. British. Um, but they have, yeah, the music section and mm-hmm. I guess the back. And then as we were talking about Roxy Saint, how yeah. we kind of just found out about different people. Yeah. And then Vice. And here's something. I think Vice started actually as a local zine in Canada. I can see that. Way back when. I might have seen it. Yeah. In that one record store that I cannot, for the life of me, remember. Yeah. So anyway, those kind of things, uh, you know, Bizarre and Vice, and we're sort of, a lot of those roles are taken over by, um, you know, Cracked.com or, well, Vice.com for that matter. Yeah. And it's just, you know, kind of dying out. So what do you got? Going on your, like, uh, whole Bizarre type of uh, music influence, Thrasher magazine, the skateboarding magazine. Yeah. Always in the back of Thrasher, they had band write-ups because mm-hmm. they did a couple band interviews and then they would say like oh this is cool blah 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 and as a kid i would always look at that mm-hmm. stuff and it was usually like metal punk indie that type of stuff and they would have hip-hop yeah. in there as well but that was always kind of um influential you remember the city paper yes i do the city paper for philly was for a long time like how you found out about shows local shows and stuff uh-huh. that was kind of cool not really a zine whatsoever mm-hmm. but that was almost like a early message board before yeah. the inter- or like, interwebs. Or like any phone, phone uh, telephone pole yeah. that someone had, you know, tacked flyers. Yeah. But some of my favorite zines are Maximum Rock and Roll, Slug and Lettuce, which is a punk zine out of New mm. York City. Um, I think it's Richmond now or something like that. It's kind of like politically motivated, mm-hmm. but it was good. Profane Existence, um, very politically motivated, but I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. Suburban Voice, which is local. I think it's all online uh, online now and when i used to listen a lot of electro i used to get mix mag which is Brit- british and that that would come with like a free cd and it, it was mm-hmm. very interesting um just up and coming and whatever what's big in the electro scene going on and stuff because they had a big rave scene there for a long while mm-hmm. other do you remember origin <laughs> i'm gonna totally murder this or vidravations. I uh, no, I don't. I don't. Whatever <laughs> I it is, I don't. <laughs> we talked. We talked about this last mm-hmm. night, but it was a local origivations. Origivations. Um, it was a local Philly zine that best that ever was actually yeah. in, and they had it. It was more like yeah, the, the local indie mm-hmm. scene. What's going on? I have no idea if it's still mm-hmm. around, but it was. You know, you would see it at Tower. I think mm-hmm. it was, at times it might have been free, and then they started chain, charging a little bit. But you see it at Tower and all like the record chains. Two other zines I liked were out of Berkeley, and it was Comet Bus, which is Aaron Comet Buses, who was like at Crimp Shrine and a bunch of other bands back in Berkeley back in the day. He had a really cool zine, and Absolutely Zippo, which I got, they had a, it was accompanied, at least the one I got, by this like mixtape that you could tell someone did on like their home stereo, yeah. and it had like all these like crazy, not crazy, but berkeley 93 94 95 uh lookout record bands yeah. punk bands so that was kind of cool how about any new stuff you listen to you mean read yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's read. what i'm talking about i'm not really like i go on uh, we talked about like vice uh no- noisy yeah mainly now i will literally just go to Bandcamp and i'll yeah, type it i'll hit a keyword and i'll see oh these new bands so not so much, not anymore. I mean, obviously because I get Rolling Stone pumped up the ass. Yeah. You should check out, there's a band, or a band, a they magazine saw, yeah. called New Noise, which is really yeah. good. Um, I think you pay 18 bucks and it's like, get six magazines a year and it mm-hmm. comes sometimes with a flexi, almost kind of like a flip side uh, feel to it. But that's one of the newer ones out that I subscribe to. 
Um, other, a couple other zines I forgot to talk about were Heart Attack, which was a hardcore zine back in the day. There was also Magnet, yeah. which was an alt-rock uh, alt Philly-based mag. Punk Planet I just could never get into. Yeah. Usually if it's either something that I, like the cover story, something I want to read. Yeah. So do I have like probably every Bowie magazine that came out in the month of... Do you ever get into Razor Cake? I think Razor Cake still comes out. No, I don't think so. They're kind of like a punk, indie, metal. So stuff. yeah, usually, I mean, I don't find myself in bookstores that much or it's been yeah. nice like a lot of times at the airport i'll pick up something if i'm flying out i know it's kind of a shame though because it gives it like yeah chester county bookstore in westchester is a really good section mm-hmm. too but it's it's all like yeah logs yeah podcast podcasts all that type of stuff it's yeah. kind of sad you know yeah mind control waves from satellites mm-hmm. cracked by the cia maybe. yeah crack and and uh black panthers and black Pan- and weather control that's, and black hats to bring it all That's around. why the Bob Dylan lyrics is you always know the way the wind blows. Yeah, and then again, just with the weatherman. I just thought of this because the weatherman were a a political group that yeah I think did a couple bombings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If a, uh, panthers are cats, a black panther would be a very lucky cat. <laughs> that is true. And that's what you call people in jazz language cats. Cats. And that's a play by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. And Spider-Man spins webs. Okay. You just got stupid. <laughs> no, you just got stupid. You're just trying to shut up my... So zines. Stuff. So zines. It's kind of sad. All right, folks. That's a... Uh, I think a really convoluted <laughs> pooch screw of a podcast, I'm yeah, sure. I we went dread... off the, the railroad tracks a few of Like we did around like that Amtrak guy. That's not funny. Is it? <laughs> it is because I don't People know. People died. People die all the time. I know. So, anyway, so if your loved one, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, and a loved one died in that Amtrak thing, first I'm like, wow, I didn't realize we had that kind of listener base. Well, we do, duh, duh, and I'm sorry. Check us out on Trash South Street at Facebook.com yeah. or Trash South Street at TrashSouthStreet.com. Yeah, and um, that's about it. That's about it. Bye, bye, everybody. Take care. This year podcast finer than a new set of snow tires. I'm scared. You're scared. You're scared. It's just awkward. Me.